We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. What is reality? Can you tell me that? Many teach that the goings-on of this world are but an illusion. In fact, that's what many think they have read in the Course in Miracles. And they tell us then that anyone who pays much attention to what's going on in this world is going to end up losing his or her peace. And that is why we're instructed not to watch TV or listen to the radio because we're tuning into an illusion. That's what we've been taught. Others teach that Satan is the ruler of this world and we should have a higher standard than that of the so-called world for ourselves. But what is it really to live in this world? How is it that we came to split ourselves off from it as if it had only an evil or a negative pull against our efforts to attain heaven or higher self? What is real and what is illusion? There are so many of us who allow others to answer those questions for us instead of seeking our own answers, and that's both in the New Age New Thought world and that of the fundamentalist Christian or fundamentalist of other religions. We are all too willing to follow the leader. Well, this show is meant to facilitate the exploration of life from your own personal perspective so that you might answer your own questions. That's what the Authentic Living Show is all about, and that's what this particular show is all about. So today we're going to ask and come to some ideas about what the real world actually is. And you get to make up your own mind. You get to decide for yourself whether you agree, disagree with me. And uh, certainly if you want to call into the show and put forth your own ideas, you're welcome to do that as well. So... The place I want to start is with the idea of the world is illusion because that is one of the things that was said or seems to have been said in The Course in Miracles, a book written uh, by Helen Shookman and considered to be a sacred text uh, by many who are really uh, learning about what it's like to discover ourselves as divine beings. So the Course teaches that our perceptions of ourselves as less than the divine mean that we misperceive reality. So this misperception, quote-unquote, leads to a world of illusion, a world which needs constant defense precisely precisely because it is not real. That's what Shookman said in her introduction to the Course of, in, in Miracles. Uh, but she does not say the world itself is, is illusion. She says our misperceptions about ourselves as less than divine leads us to to a world of illusion. So that means we're making, or how I interpret that is that we're, we create in our minds 
a, a world of illusion. That doesn't mean that the chair is an illusion and the car is an illusion and the house is an illusion. And that is, in fact, how we've taken it. It's very easy for us as human beings to be very literalist. And, and many of those in the New Age, New Thought movement will criticize fundamentalist Christians for being literalists. And yet we turn out to be literalists ourselves when it comes to these kinds of understandings. So uh, that's why I want to talk about this because this thing has gotten to be so big that, that it, it has hit, it's almost, um, imbalanced. It's almost carried some people to a state of mental imbalance. So uh, I think it's really important for us to really get clear about what we're talking about here. Uh, in, in, in some of the some of the coursework in Helen Shookman's book, uh, she, re- she wrote the book and some say that it was divinely inspired and I think that lots and lots of writing on planet Earth is divinely inspired so I don't have any problem with that. Um, but uh, she also then wrote a workbook for the students who wanted to study The Course in Miracles later. And some of those things that she said in there can be misconstrued to mean that we're supposed to look at the chair and say that it's not real. For example, she says, with eyes closed, think of all the horrors in the world that cross your mind. Name each one as it occurs to you and then deny its reality. Say, for example, God did not create um, the war, so it is not real. God did not create that airplane crash, and so it is not real. God did not create that disaster, and so it is not real. Uh, that's on page 705 of her book if you want to look that up. Uh, so that that kind of leaves us hanging when it comes to statements that we find uh, in the biblical text in Isaiah 45, 7 that says, I am Yahweh and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, Yahweh, do all these things. So what are we supposed to do with that? Here, Schuchman tells us that God didn't make that uh, war. It's not real. God didn't make the airplane crash. It's not real. God didn't create the death. But here we see that Yahweh claims Yahweh being the same God that the Christians worship and the same God that is the universal God uh, that uh, made the darkness and created evil. So what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. We're talking about perception. Good, good and evil are perceptions that humanity came up with. God didn't make those words. <laughs> the, the divine didn't make those words. We made those words. Why did we make those words? Because we live in a duality trance state in which we think that we're separate from the divine because the divine is good and we're bad. That's the only sense we can make out of it or we could make out of it centuries ago. The truth is we're not separate from the divine we are one with the divine but because we were formed in form we were created in form we created ourselves in form as part part of elohim uh what we what the question was was well is form separate from the formless creator once upon a time we had no form we had we were soul energy we had no form as in matter but then we had form and it was like, okay, this is different. So does this mean we're separate from the divine? And that's the question we've been trying to answer ever since. And, and try, in one of the ways we tried to answer that question was by determining ourselves to be bad and God to be good. Therefore, that explained, okay, well, that's why we're, we're different down here. That's why we're not living like we used to live in Seoul. 
Uh, but the, the truth is we're not separate from the divine, and our discovery process will bring us ultimately to that conclusion, but we have to go through this experience in order to so completely answer that question that when form and formlessness are finally reunited, there'll be no need to ask that question again, and the universe can go on to its next creative endeavor. So that's why we're doing this. And and so when Yahweh says, I make peace and create evil, what he's really saying is everything is one, so you call it evil. I know it's one. It does. It's not really evil. It's just oneness. I, I I make peace. Well, that's peace. I do good things. Well, that's what you call it. But really, it's just all oneness. And so, what Shukman was trying to say when she said God did not create the war, so it's not real, is uh, I believe. Of course, you know she could speak for herself. But uh, what I believe can I can construe from that if I'm going to use this at all, which I have a choice about doing. If I'm going to use this at all, I have to make it meaningful to me. And in order to make it meaningful to me, I have to say this. The airplane crash is a part of a, a, a reality that becomes a creative endeavor that is not bad. I interpret it as bad because it seems so bad. But it's not bad. It is a reality that I'm having to work with in order to grow. So did 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 God did Yahweh did God create the airplane crash? Well, heck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God created and didn't create. What I do know is there it is, and now I've got to deal with it. So, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to say uh, it's not real and stick my head in the sand? That's probably not an effective way of dealing with it. And yet, there are countless New Age New Thought people all around the world trying to deal with it in just that way. They're trying to say, well, that was just an illusion. I don't have to think about that. What happens is we get stagnated that way. We get stuck. We cannot move beyond a place where we are uh, at, in that juncture, in that juncture of time and space when we're trying to say, okay, here's that event. What am I going to do with it? Okay. How many people took the events of 9-11 and said, it's an illusion. It didn't really happen. Nobody died that day. Well, yes, nobody died that day, but several people did make a transition that day, and it had a major impact on the entire world. So to say it didn't happen is to stick our heads in the sand and pretend away a reality that could be helping us grow into more spiritually aware human beings. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to find ourselves as divine beings in form. So once we, once we all as human beings can see that we are still divine, even though we are in form. That's when the question will be answered, and we'll move on to the next phase of our of our creative endeavor. So, when we when we uh, deny reality by calling it an illusion, we are telling we are uh, compartmentalizing pieces of reality. We're telling ourselves it's bad to feel the emotions we feel about this event. So, let's say it's a plane crash and we've lost somebody significant. I have lost um, significant person in a plane crash several many years ago. Um, and it is devastating. It's, it's shocking. It's, uh, it's, and, and I wasn't even super close to this person, but it was still very, very shocking. And, um, so we can, we can say to ourselves, this doesn't exist, like we're saying when we say it's an illusion. And w- what we'll do is we won't go through the emotions. We won't let those emotions carry us to a new level of awareness. We won't find ourselves at a deeper level. We won't appreciate life at a deeper level. We'll stay stuck right where we are. And and it comes along with that belief that if we are spiritual beings, we will live in a rarefied state of bliss at all times. 
that is very, very similar to what uh, many practitioners of mental health and social services have become aware of, which is the stigma of being a, a uh, evolved person who's doing uh, therapy. Uh, what that's supposed to mean is, well, you can't have any problems of your own. <laughs> well, of course it doesn't mean that. We're all human beings. We all have our own struggles. Hopefully those who are in, in the business of uh, mental health care will be able to stay with their emotions and work through them and come to the other side and grow because of it. That's what we can do. And that's what we can teach our clients to do, to tell ourselves we shouldn't be, a, we shouldn't have to do that, is to tell ourselves that we're not human beings. And that is not what we're here to do. We're here to be having uh, an experience in the human world, in form, in matter, and dealing with the duality trans state because that's what we came here to do. So, so when we say to ourselves that we're supposed to stay in a rarefied state of bliss and that will prove to us that we are spiritual beings, we are, we are refusing to allow ourselves to grow into a deeper level of awareness. In fact, that is a contrived state. Much, so much of what we're doing right now in the New Age, New Thought uh, movement is trying to tell people how to contrive a different mood. That is why I wrote the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. Because we are trying to contrive moods. And in the process, what we're doing is keeping ourselves from growing. And, and so we're going to talk some more about that contrivance, a lot more about that contrivance in the next segment. This is a really important piece of what we need to understand in order to move beyond and take the next step where it comes to the law of attraction and it will come, where it comes to spirituality in general. So don't miss this. Stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. So we've been talking today about what is what reality is and what it isn't. And we started off talking about some statements that people have uh, construed and I believe misconstrued uh, with regard to the Course of Miracles about this idea that the world as we know it here on planet Earth is illusion. And that we're not to invest in that and therefore we should turn off the news and turn off the TV and not get involved in it at all. And in the process what we're doing is reducing our ability to grow because we're not experiencing any emotions that are relative to that experience, we're not experiencing life here on planet Earth. That's what we came here to do. And that life itself is the energy of our growth. And we're going to come back to that thought in just a minute. But before we go there, what I want to say is this. The Course, The Course in Miracles, as written by Helen Shookman, and as I, I said earlier that some people say that this was divinely inspired. I have no problem with that. But the Course can be summed up in a statement she makes on page one, and that is this. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So nothing real can be threatened, and nothing unreal exists. And yet, if you look at that in uh, juxtaposition to a statement that she made in the introduction, which has been misinterpreted, you might say that she's saying two different things, but she is absolutely not. In the, in, I want to remind you that in the introduction, her statement that our misperception of ourselves as less than divine beings, here's where the quote starts, leads to a world of illusion, a world which needs constant defense precisely because it is not real. That means our perceptions tell us about a world that we've made up that isn't real because we're seeing ourselves as less than divine. So, but she's not saying the world is illusion and that reality is illusion and that you should turn off the news and not watch TV or, or, or see anything else that's uh, hard to adjust to. Rather, she's saying nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. Therein lies the peace of God. In other words, everything in our world is absolutely real. Quantum physics is not telling us that that chair is not there. It is telling us the chair is there, but it is both form and formlessness. The chair is there, but it is both form and formlessness. We've only seen it prior to now. We've only seen it as form, and we don't, and so therefore it's an object. It has nothing else to it except that objectification. Uh, but within the realm of, of quantum physics, there's a whole lot going on in that chair, a whole lot of activity going on in that chair. So what we see as stagnant and still in form, has within it a lot of uh, micro uh, re- activity going on that we can't necessarily see with our eyes, but we can know it's there through quantum physics. The same is true of us. We are body. We are also soul simultaneously. And here's the deal. Body is soul, and soul is also now body. Once upon a time, soul was only soul. It had no form. Now soul is also body. When we really get that, when all of us on the planet get that, I don't know what's going to happen to the body. I, I, I imagine that it will be a body that can 
go in and out of physical material reality. I don't know, but that's just my imagination. What we do know is that when that reality happens, when that comes to us, that awakening comes to all of us, we will all know that we are both form and formlessness at the same time and that we don't have to, we have a non-local reality as well as a local reality. And so we can not, not we don't have to necessarily stay in the local reality. And that's what Deepak Chopra calls it. Non-local reality is that uh, a reality that can exist beyond our physical uh, ability to touch it, but it's still real. So there is nothing that on this planet that is not real. There is nothing on this planet that is not real. However, because we see ourselves as less than divine, we make things unreal. We attach things to reality that make it unreal. Now, here's the example. Uh, we go back to the plane crash we talked about in the first segment. There's a plane crash. What we what is real about that is there has been a crash. People have a transition. Some have what we call died on this planet. I call it transition to another plane of existence. Uh, and some people are wounded, injured, and will have to cope with that. Some other people are aggrieved and are going to have to cope with that loss. That entire process, however it impacts everyone involved with it, is part of how we are becoming more aware of who we are as divine beings. Because according to the real law of attraction, not the one we got taught where we're supposed to always think positive and never think negative and live in a world where, that is, an, uh, don't touch the world that is just illusion. We're supposed to stay in a rarefied place where we don't recognize what we're really feeling. We don't go to any so-called negative feelings. We don't have any so-called negative thoughts. We just stay in this happy little place all the time because that's the way to attract what we want. Well, suppose you're doing that on the plane and you're doing all these affirmations and boom, the plane crashes. What do you say? Oh, my goodness, there's something dark in my shadow that brought this to me. Well, that's a pretty self-centered approach. I'm sorry, but it is. This is a plane crash. It didn't just happen to you. It happened to everyone on the plane. It happened to everyone who's impacted by everyone who's on the plane. And so this is a big event. It's It's got a... a more or less globalized uh, impact. The more people hear about it, the more globally it impacts. And so we are going to have to look at, okay, here it is. Here's the reality. What am I going to do with it? But it, it, from the old way of viewing the law of attraction, it was, it was taught to us by uh, when it first came out and popularized through the secret. What we were taught was that we were just not supposed to have any bad emotions about that. What are quote-unquote bad emotions, quote-unquote negative emotions. Here's the deal. There's no such thing as a negative emotion. There's no such thing as a bad emotion. There's no such thing as a negative thought. There's no such thing as a negative, uh, a bad thought. They're just thoughts. They have, they're neutral in value. They're just emotions. They're neutral in value. They don't have negative or positive attached to them. They may be difficult. They may be hard for us to adjust to. But that very process of adjusting is part of the process of us, of us becoming aware of ourselves as divine beings. If we don't go through that process, we lessen our chances of awakening. That's the deal. That's what we bravely came here to experience. And we're trying very hard not to have to experience that. Because here's what I believe. The law of attraction as we understood it from books like The Secret and lots of uh, Esther and Jerry Hook's books, was was brought to us as a way of, of explaining suffering. 
just like much of what else we've done philosophically on the planet, has been a way of trying to explain suffering. The difference between the law of attraction as we understood it by Byrne and Hicks was that it, it, when they taught it to us, it gave us a sense that we were responsible and accountable for our own lives. And that is really the first time in history that a global movement has taken place with that in mind. And so for that reason, and not only that reason, but for that reason specifically, that the law of attraction as we first understood it through Hicks and Burns was a very good thing because it started helping us to look inside ourselves and say, okay, what, what, can, I, what can I be accountable for and what can I not be accountable for? What can I do? This real and what can I not do this real? Those are important premises and it really helps us to focus. What's happened, however, as a result of that is that we have begun to see ourselves as, as beings who are just magnets. And if we have a negative thought, it's attracting something negative. If we have a positive thought, it's attracting something positive. And if we do that often enough and long enough, well, we'll attract whatever outcome goes with the value we've attached to our thoughts and our feelings. Again, if there's no such thing as a negative thought, then a negative, quote-unquote, negative event will not come as a result of that. So that kind of thinking tells us we're supposed to always be positive. We're supposed to always feel these really wonderful feelings and nothing else. And I've literally talked to people who say to me, I say to them, well, isn't that kind of a head-in-the-sand approach to life? And they laugh and they say, well, yeah, but I'm happy, so why not? Well, why not? It's because you're not growing. A drug addict is happy, too, while he's taking his drugs. Sorry, but that's the comparison. If we're not going to look at reality and see these are the things that I have to adjust to, then we don't adjust. And if we don't adjust, we don't grow. Okay, here's the deal. Here's what maturity is made of. Maturity comes about as a result of having to face and overcome obstacles. Period. That's how we get mature. We find ourselves in the challenge to face and overcome an obstacle. Now, if we face that obstacle just like mom did and say, oh, well, I'm just going to do what mom did or if I'm just doing what dad did, we don't necessarily find ourselves. We might grow a little bit in strength because we know we can overcome it, but we don't grow in terms of who we are. When we face and overcome a challenge and also find ourselves at a deeper level, we have grown exponentially, and that is maturity. Here's the next stage of maturity. Maturity happens as a result of outgrowing our upbringing. Yes, it does. We don't grow mature by just getting bigger and taller and growing hair on various parts of our body. We get mature because we have faced and overcome challenges while finding a deeper aspect of ourselves. Not someone else, ourselves. So, the more we come to know who we are, the more we say, this is me. Okay, this is what my mom taught me, but this is me. And this is what my mom taught me. And yes, I agree with that. So we're kind of sorting. Even if we don't know that's what we're doing, we're kind of sorting what we're going to leave back there and what we're going to take with us. And that's how we outgrow our upbringing. And that's how we become mature. So maturity is made out of facing challenges. The reason, you know, in the drug and alcohol field, they say that, 
people who start using drugs at a young age, and there are people who start using drugs at the age of three now, and uh, literally. And but let's say they didn't start using them till they were teenagers, till twelve, thirteen years old. What happens is they stay stuck at that age emotionally. They don't grow any further beyond that emotionally. Why? Because every time a challenge comes up that could help them grow emotionally, they can just use over it. They get high. And they feel better. And so what's the problem? No, there's no problem here. I feel fine. And the problem is still sitting there, but they feel better. So feeling better makes them think there is no problem. And that means they're not growing. We do the exact same thing when we say, I should not feel any quote-unquote negative feelings. We stymie our own growth. And that is why we need to take the next step with regard to what we understand about the law of attraction and with what we understand about spirituality itself. There is no answer to suffering in the law of attraction. As a matter of fact, I've seen people come to see me as as a therapist who are suffering more because of the law of attraction, because they spend their days trying to struggle to make themselves think positive thoughts, and they can't understand why they're still not being able to attract good things, what they call good things. So, and we're going to talk some more about this whole thing about the law of attraction, but generally speaking, we're going to talk about it as it expands outward to the entire spiritual movement that is afoot these days. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. This is very important to the mystic's journey. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness. Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, so we've been talking today about what reality is and what it isn't. 
Reality is everything you see in your world, everything you feel in your body, everything that is uh, around you, in you, uh, above you, below you. Reality is what we see. We, we do not want to look at reality as New Age, New Thought people and say, we do not want to look at the chair and say there is no chair. We don't want to look at the, the, uh, the plane wreck and say there is no plane crash. We don't want to say that. What we want to say is, okay, there it is. What can I do with this now? Where is the gift in this for me? And we will not find the gift in just thinking happy, happy, joy, joy emotions all the time. We're, we will find the gift in walking through whatever presents, being present with whatever presents, and walking through that to the other side. Because where the other side is a deeper understanding of ourselves as divine beings. Okay, so let's say there's been a plane crash and we've lost someone significant and we have to walk through that, the shock, the horror and the loss. And that's a big job. And so we start walking and so we feel intense emotions at first. And as time goes by, they get a little better. We have a hard time waking up in the morning. We have a hard time sleeping at night. We have a hard time with crying episodes. We, we may need to go see a therapist and really talk about some of our feelings. We, we may need to just really sit with those feelings and allow them to present themselves as, um, maybe like little children that come forth for us to attend to. And we, uh, we need to be present with both those feelings and the divine self within us simultaneously. When we say, I cannot have these negative feelings coming up inside me, what we're saying is the divine self is just not big enough to handle that. That's what we're saying. We're always supposed to be thinking positive. That idea is based on a, on a you know, if I rub, if I stick a rabbit foot in my pocket and rub on it, then I'm going to have good luck. It's the same exact kind of thinking. If I think positive, good things are going to come my way. I think I told this story before, and it's also in my book. Once upon a time when I was a little girl, I had to empty the trash cans. That was my chore, and I didn't do it very good. And so very often, my mother would come home from work and say, yeah, you still got to do it. And it was already dark by that time. And I had to go out to the trash can through the dark backyard to the trash can that was sitting in the alleyway. Well, we had a long backyard, and we had a fence, uh, a gate with a uh, honeysuckle growing all over the gate. It was an open gateway, but it had honeysuckle growing all over it. And um, so I was really scared, and uh, the closer I got to the backyard, the closer I got to that, uh, to the gate, the clo- more afraid I was, because I had in my mind a fear that out there was waiting somebody who was going to kidnap me. And so I would be very tremulous and, 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 you know, wade around and try to see and look around, over, under, around, and through that honeysuckle to see if I could see anybody out there. And if I didn't, I would just, and of course I never did, I would just dash up under the honeysuckle and then toss the trash at the trash can and run back to to the house just as fast as I could take me like a gazelle. And, you know, just knowing that that man was right behind me on my heels about to grab me by the ponytail and rip me off into whatever, whatever hell I'd imagined. So that happened to me very frequently. Now, what the people who teach the law of attraction tell us is that if we if we think positive or negative thoughts frequently enough and with enough emotion, we will manifest them. Well, I'm here to tell you, I never had a man in the alley, not even metaphorically. Didn't happen. Okay, so why not? How many worries have you had that have never been grounded in reality? How many times have you wished and hoped you'd win the lottery and you never did? 
just because you think positive doesn't mean you're going to make that happen. That's magical thinking. I'm sorry, but it is. The reality is that the true law of attraction is this. We are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that are going to bring us closer and closer to full awareness of who we are as divine beings. And we don't do that in a single lifetime. It happens over many lifetimes. But it's happening all along. And that's why when Isaiah said, I, Yahweh, do all these things, as we said in the first segment, that he was saying all the things that come into your life, I will be present in them and with them. We can have be aware of our fully aware of ourselves as divine beings and also fully aware of the emotions that come up as a part of the duality trans state. One foot in one world and one foot in the other. We can do that. Yes, we can. And as a result, we grow. But if we never feel any so-called negative emotions and never have any so-called negative thoughts, we're not going to grow. Now, here's the thing. If we take reality and we say, I have to adjust to reality, that's very much different than bargaining with reality. Bargaining with reality says, if I can always stay positive, then I won't have to feel anything negative. If I don't look at this thing that is this just happened in my life and just stay in this rarefied state of bliss, then I'm having a good life. And that proves to me that I'm a spiritual person. Therefore, I'm not like the rest of the human race. Okay, good luck with that. Uh, that's a bargain. There's an if and there's a then. Anytime there's an if and a then, you're bargaining. And so when we bargain, we get what we bargained for. And what we're bargaining for in that way is to not grow, to stay stuck, to, to not move beyond a contrived state. So I said we we're going to talk about contriving. What does it mean to contrive a state of or mood? It means I'm going to force my mind to think positive. It means I'm going to force myself to pray. It means I'm going to force myself to have a certain feeling, and we can certainly do that. I have literally talked to people who force themselves to believe that they were in love with someone, and they married that somebody. And, you know, several years later had to come back and go, yeah, yeah, I was never really in love with them. But, you know, I thought they were going to be safe, and so as a result, I talked myself into believing I was in love with them. We have all kinds of powers to, to talk ourselves into things. That is contrived. There is nothing authentic about contrivances. We can, we can tell ourselves, well, I should be doing something good for somebody else and I'm going to go out and do it. What have we done? We have contrived uh, an action out of a should. Is that authentic? No, it is not. Uh, uh, duty, obligation, these things are contrivances. They have nothing to do with living in the real world as a real person. And living in the real world as a real person means taking it all in. Now, if we can do that present with the divine self, we will take it all in without calling it good or bad, negative or positive. It will not have a value. It is just a reality we are here to contend with. And what comes with it is some emotions. And we'll walk through those emotions. And here's the deal. Emotions... On the divine level, okay, if you can take a, a rainbow spectrum, okay, just for a second. Imagine a rainbow spectrum. There's there, there's indigo and, you know, a lighter shade of blue and then a green and then yellow and then orange and then red. Okay, there's a rainbow spectrum. On Between red and yellow, here's what you got. 
you got some emotions that say this is hard, this is difficult, it's painful, I'm grieving, I'm sad, you know, this bad thing, this, this, this difficult thing has come my way, excuse me, I used the B word, um, this difficult thing has come my way and, and now I, I'm, I got to adjust to it and I'm walking through these, these painful emotions in the process. On the other end of that same spectrum, dealing with those same emotions, the divine self operates by saying these emotions are pure energy. They are energy. And what happens with energy? It moves things. Okay? Ch- change occurs. Things are happening. Activity is occurring. You know, we just said a little while ago that quantum physics has taught us that a stagnant object is really very, very active on the micro level. Same thing is true of our emotions. What's happening while we're grieving is that an energy shift is taking place on the spiritual level. If we don't let ourselves grieve, we won't have that energy shift. So when we tell ourselves, I should not be having any negative emotions, that will make me into a a spiritual being. What we're saying is, I am not going to have that energy shift that this event has come to bring me. The gift in that event is the energy shift. I shift in deeper in awareness. I shift deeper into consciousness of who I am as a divine being each time I grow a little bit. That is what maturity is made of, and that is what our growth is made of. So, now, I know that it's difficult. I know that the, those of you out there listening to this show are finding it difficult to go, yeah, well, but I've been taught that. I've been taught that, you know, I'm, that uh, rea- the world out there is not real. It's an illusion, and I'm not supposed to participate in it. I'm supposed to live in a rarefied state of bliss, and that's how I'll prove to myself that I'm a spiritual being. I, I know I've been taught that I'm not supposed to be having negative thoughts and feelings, and it scares me to think about having those because now I've attached uh, the idea that I'm going to have bad things come into my life if I have bad feelings. It, that I know that it's difficult. I, I get it. I get it. But think about it. Is it possible that we were given emotions just to shove them under the rug? Is it possible that we're down here on planet Earth to pretend we're not really here down here on planet Earth? Really, think about that. Um, so I, I challenge you to think about this as taking the next step into consciousness. I am not debunking the law of attraction, nor am I debunking spirituality or the New Age New Thought movement. I, I'm totally all in favor of that i am saying it's time to take the next step it's time to bring the soul and reality back into the picture we've gone a little bit insane with this thing we truly have and it's time to come back down to planet earth that's where we are born we decided bravely bravely decided to come down here and have this experience why Because we are in a creative endeavor with divine essence. We are divine essence. And we as Elohim decided to have this experience with duality in order to fully create form, which is also formless. Right now, form is still in the state of believing it is not also formless. But eventually, form will come to see itself as also formless. We are in that process right now. Quantum physics is helping us get there. Spirituality is helping us get there. But when we st- stay to our- when we say to ourselves we should not have 
a certain kind of feeling or a certain kind of thought, we're saying to ourselves, I am not going to really experience what I came here to experience. That's the problem with the law of attraction as it was first taught to us and as we have come to understand it. It tells us not to have our experiences. And while I don't believe that we need to dwell in depressing thoughts all the time, I do believe that to, to label our thoughts positive or negative or our emotions positive or negative is is keeping ourselves from moving into the next stage of our development. We're going to finish that up in the next segment. Stay tuned for that. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. So this is the last segment of this show, uh, talking about reality today and what it is and what it isn't. Um, and what we were talking about was the whole idea that has been put forth uh, by some people that I believe have misinterpreted the Course in Miracles to say that the world is an illusion and we should not participate in it. Um, and uh, it goes right along with the old fundamentalist idea that the, rule, the rule, world is ruled by Satan and therefore we should not participate in it. Um, now... I want to be really clear. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we need to sit around all the time dwelling on our belly buttons and <laughs> never, uh, and, and, and allowing ourselves to fall into a state of depression, 
Uh, however, people that are depressed have very often said when they came back out of that that they grew exponentially as a result of coming back out of that. So even that can be used by divine self to bring us to full awareness. But the but I'm not encouraging people to sit around and think uh, thoughts that are are self betraying and uh, and even uh, betray the the real real world. <clears throat> I'm saying let's get with reality. So it's just as harmful to say, uh, I think that life is all, all good and there's nothing harmful, nothing hard in the world and I'm going to live in a rarefied state of bliss as it is to say that life's a caca sandwich and I eat a bite a day. I mean, it's just as we really stay stuck the same way. We may feel a little better with the first one, but the, but we are staying stuck either way. And so victim thinking is not something I encourage. I do not encourage us to say that life is hard and and difficult and that we're never going to have anything we want and and that people hate us and we hate ourselves and all those are those are thoughts that are going to bring us <clears throat> excuse me down into a further deeper place of of stagnation. So those thoughts are not going to help us, and I don't encourage us to sit around thinking those thoughts. So sometimes I hear when I say to people, there's no such thing as a negative thought, they say, well, what about the thought that says that I'm a piece of nothing? What about that thought? Is that negative? And my answer to that is it's not negative or positive, but it's not helpful, is it? Okay? And it's not true. The bottom line is it's not true. You're not a piece of nothing. You are a piece of divine material. That's what you are. And so we tell ourselves lies either way. If we stay in a state of depression or we stay in a state of bliss uh, that we think we've created out of never thinking anything positive, then what we're doing is we're lying to ourselves either way. We're not living in the real world. And here's the deal. When I started this show four years ago, which, uh, by the way, next week is going to be the 200th show here that we've had. So thank you all for your listening and, and for your participation and support of this show and this effort. I really have, it's been a great run and we're going to keep running. So, uh, so there's that. The, but, but if we are going to, if we are going to really honor what the show came to present, it has to be out about authenticity. This show is all about the authentic self and all about authentic living. If we're living in a, in a world that's not that where we're telling ourselves lies about what the world is about or what life is about or what we are about, then we're not living authentically. So you've heard me in some of these shows talk about the mantras that we, we hypnotize ourselves into a state with mantras. Okay. So the mantra can be, I'm a piece of nothing, I'm a piece of nothing, I'm a piece of nothing, I'm a piece of nothing all day long. And a few hours later into that, you're going to feel like a piece of nothing. The mantra can also be, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire. And a while later, you're going to feel like a millionaire. But are you a millionaire? No, probably not. So just like you're not a piece of nothing, you're not a millionaire. Thinking these things does not make them so. How to become a millionaire? Well, you know, sign up for all those lotteries. Yes, I go for it. I'm signing up for them. Why not? But, uh, you know, also, uh, follow, follow your bliss. Follow what gives you joy today. Today. Give yourself joy. Do the things that make you really fulfilled today. And every step you do that means you're creating the potential for greater and greater fulfillment. It's not just about what you think. It's about following what's really true inside of you. 
so that you're not talking to yourself, uh, talking yourself up into a state. You're really following something real, right? So, uh, am I am I in favor of gratitude? Absolutely. I totally am grateful for everything in my life, even the bad things. Some of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life that I call worst were really the best experiences I've ever had because I gained so much information about myself and about life and some of the people that I've considered in the past to be my enemies. Well, they may still think of them that I'm their enemy or they're my enemy, but I don't because I'm grateful for what they gave me out of that rich experience that I had from learning. The things that I have learned, I have never forgotten. And and so were they bad experiences? I don't think so. So we've labeled them these ways and we we've said to ourselves that we are that this is how it's supposed to be. Good things happen, bad things happen. What I would say is Everything that happens is real. Everything that comes into our awareness field is real. What are we going to do with it? Now, if we just take it as another excuse to get depressed, then we've got some victim thinking. If we take it as, oh my gosh, I can't think about that, then we're just using it to block further growth. So either way, we're not growing. So what I'm saying to you is I'm not in favor of depression or anxiety. That's not what I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging here. What I am encouraging is reality, a little sanity here, a little sanity that says your thoughts are just thoughts. Your feelings are just feelings. But everything you go through is an energetic experience that helps you become more aware of who you are. And even if you become a centimeter more aware in this life than you were in the last life, you've grown. You've accomplished what you came here to accomplish. And and we look at human lives in terms of their value to the world. We t- tend to think of human beings as either productive or non-productive. So the guy that's in jail for robbing the bank, well, he's just a non-productive person. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There's a whole lot we could say about that, and I won't go into a lot of depth of that about that right now. We can certainly spend a whole other show talking about it if you want. But uh, he may be carrying the shadow material for a bunch of people who don't want to have to recognize that part of themselves. And so maybe he's doing a service for all of us. I don't know. But I do know this. He came here to get something too. And whatever he came to get, he will get. How do I know that? Because in Isaiah, it says that my word will not return to me empty. Therefore, there is no failed life. There's no such thing as a failed life. There's no such thing as failure. There's no such thing as mistakes. Okay? There's no such thing as good. There's no such thing as bad. Why? Because... These things are things we've made up out of the duality trance state, which isn't real. The duality trance state is not real. It's a hypnotic state. We have lived in it for centuries, and we've kind of gone in and out of it. Some some people have had experiences that said, oh, wait, that's not even really true. And, and they've begun to teach other people about that. And I'm certainly one of those people. But... Uh, but the real world exists nonetheless. And so we're operating as if it is true. What comes to us is real and we must encounter it as if it's real. But instead of, the, if we want to do this in a way that hastens or accelerates our growth, instead of looking at the events in our lives as either bad or good, negative or positive, instead of looking inside of ourselves and saying, well, that's a negative thought. I don't need to have that or that's a positive feeling. I should perpetuate that. What we, what we should be doing, if there's a should here, is to say, 
Okay, I'm just going to look at myself and see what's in there and be with it. Okay, I'm going to look at my life and see what's there and be with it. Just be with it. Be present. That's it. That's it. And if I can allow my divine self to step forth and be present with it as well, now we're having a real authentic experience. And that's going to bring us to deeper awareness of who we are as a divine being. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. So that's it for today. Next week we'll be getting a little street wisdom from Carol Klein, author of Streetwise Spirituality. So you don't want to miss that. I've talked with her on her radio show as well. And uh, she's a delightful person. You don't want to miss that show. And uh, don't forget, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.